Welcome, everyone, to our first Q&A session on Baltic Scouting Podcast. Uh, we asked you over the last couple of days to give us questions regarding rookies or the 2021 NFL Draft, and we are here, uh, me, Costa, and my co-host, Alex, to give you the answers. So the first question we got um, was who are the top QBs in the draft besides Trevor Lawrence? So Costa, if you want to start with the answer to that. So uh, the, the first quarterback that that is basically on anyone's mind after Trevor Lawrence is Justin Fields. He's been a high profile prospect for, for a couple of years now. And uh, almost everyone expected him to go uh, number two overall heading into this season. He, he's got tremendous athleticism and arm talent, really good accuracy, has, has played on the big stage. He really checks all the boxes you look for. Yeah, just a little background um, on Justin Fields, if anyone doesn't know. Um, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, and he committed to play at Georgia. Um, sat behind Jake Fromm for a year, and then he decided that he was going to transfer to Ohio State, where he got um, immediate eligibility. Um, and Fields is really, really mobile quarterback. Um, I think like all the top quarterback prospects in the draft this year, um, he has really good arm strength. Um, anything else you want to say on Justin Fields before we move on? Not really, because we're just trying to give an overview on who the top quarterbacks after Trevor Lawrence are. I think the next one that, that we can talk about is Trey Lance, and uh, he plays for North Dakota State in the FCS, and he absolutely dominated the FCS in 2019. He had no interception, and with 28 touchdowns, I believe, and he he, he demonstrated his, his incredible um, combo of athleticism, size, and toughness with with just tremendous running ability and 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 arm talent against um, his his F, his FCS opponents. So anything that, that that you really think stands out for Trey Lance to to the casual NFL draft fan? Um, I think the one thing that I want to point out is um, he doesn't have too much experience. Mm-hmm. Um, he played one season, um, one full season in 2019, and then he had one game um, in 2020 as uh, North Dakota State canceled their season. Um, so, you know, not a lot of, not a lot of tape on him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how all that shakes out. Uh, I think the next uh, – move on to the next quarterback. Before, before we move on, I, I do think Trey Lance is a, is a prospect that, that comes with a lot of questions because, first of all, he has never played an FBS opponent and he, he's never really had to be a, a high-volume passer. He's never had to throw the ball into tight windows, and he's never had to, to win a really high-level game. And so the second he steps onto an NFL field, it'll be unlike anything he's ever seen in his career. So that's going to be a big adjustment. And then you look at his at his mechanics and his footwork, and, and, and they are pretty pretty sloppy at times. So he, he definitely he, – he's extremely talented, but also has a lot of question marks. And, but he'll probably still end up being a top-ten prospect after Lawrence and Fields. Think- yeah, the one thing one thing I want to point out about what you just brought up is I don't want to knock him as much as I would other quarterbacks with his footwork and mechanics because all the other quarterbacks are getting much better coaching at the FBS level than FCS level. That is- um, so obviously that's an issue of his poor footworks and mechanics, but um I, I still would like to see 
how he does with NFL level coaches. Obviously, you know, at Ohio State, um, Fields and Lawrence at Clemson, they have much better, much more talented coaches. Not to knock anyone coaching at North Dakota State. It's just, you know, it's a fact. So that'll be interesting too. Yeah, it it is just something that that'll make his transition to the NFL more difficult. But I definitely think that he he'll have the chance to improve that at the combine. It's not a real live game, but footwork definitely is a, a big emphasis for for the quarterback section of the combine. And I think the next uh, quarterback we can talk about is is the one who's really had a meteoric rise in 2020. Zach Wilson from BYU is is a, a true Heisman contender. And, and has BYU having, having an undefeated record. He's really come from being a, a mid-round prospect heading into the season to a potential top-five selection. And, and people are saying that he, he surpassed Lance, and, I, and I, I, can, I can see that. And he might even be challenging Justin Fields for the number two overall pick. And what do you, what do you see uh, in, in your early uh, study of Zach Wilson that makes him such a, such a high-level prospect? Well, I really think that um... – his accuracy is huge, um, and he's he's not as good of a runner as Lance and Fields are, but he's he's athletic and he um, does a really good job escaping pressure. Um, and I don't I don't really see him getting too nervous when there's pressure around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing I'd like to point out it's it's a very similar rise to Joe Burrow last year. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that don't remember, Burrow was probably a mid-round projection. Even late. Um, yeah, mid to late. And then all of a sudden, he just burst onto the scene. And obviously, at the NFL level, he was doing great things before his devastating knee injury. Yeah, I, I do think the best. I, I do think where he it's not quite the level of Burrow because there, there probably won't ever be another Joe Burrow coming from a late-round pick to – to the, the Heisman winner, the national title winner, the consensus number one overall player in the, in, in the draft. And, but I think that Zach Wilson, while he may not be as good a runner as, as Fields and Lance, as, as you uh, said, what he does have is what the NFL is coming to really value, uh, as we've seen in, in the emergence of uh, Patrick Mahomes, is he has really good improvisational ability. He can really escape the, the pocket and then throw on the run from all different types of, of platforms and arm angles. And that's really something that's coming to be valued as we've seen Mahomes' success. So when it comes to extending plays, feeling pressure, having uh, precision and accuracy, uh, he's, he's really, he really is showing that he should be a top-level prospect. And I think the next quarterback and maybe the final one that ra- rounds out this, uh, the, this top five in addition to Trevor Lawrence is uh, Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback. So what would you like to say about him? Well, I think, you know, Mac Jones has had um, another big rise. I mean, he was not projected to be a first-round pick, um, at least for anything I saw coming into the season. Um, And he's just slowly built up a really, really good season. He's another Heisman contender. Um, And, you know, he's – He's playing in Alabama, um, and, you know, that that's obviously going to help him. He has probably two first-round receivers. Um, but I think, you know, I haven't, I haven't been able to watch too much Mac Jones with all these other quarterbacks as well. Um, but I would definitely expect him to see in the, probably the top half of the first-round conversation. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's that's probably where he he could be going in the, in the, the ten to sixteen range. I, I think it's just going into the season he was almost written off by by NFL scouts. Uh, people thought he was just going to be a game manager, and then all of a sudden he's a Heisman contender. And uh, what what really stands out is that he he's he's ex- he's an extremely smart quarterback, and he and he rarely makes a poor decision. You just see him time and time again making the right play. Um, I think what will uh, be be the, the real debate around him is whether or not he has too much, whether or not his uh, NFL potential is capped by by some average athleticism and arm strength, and that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. And we we also haven't really seen him have to will Alabama to a win, but that that's that that again is the case with most Alabama quarterbacks given the the talent that's around them. We saw that was that was a talking point with with Tua last year. So he's he's interesting and he's really a different. All these prospects are very different from each other, but and, and Jones is is one that's going to have to answer questions about whether or not he has the, those limitations, which the other three ahead of him absolutely do not have. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the the top quarterbacks, or do you want to move on to our next question? Um, I just wanted to bring up one thing you pointed out to me when we were talking about um this podcast is this could be a really a really historical mm-hmm. quarterback oh, yeah. draft. We could see five quarterbacks go possibly in the top fifteen. I'm looking at the draft order right now as it, like as it would stand um, after week twelve. Obviously, we have the Jets and the Jaguars up yeah. at the top. They're going to be picking quarterbacks. Um, we see Carolina currently at six, but they're probably going to be you know in that top ten range. They could take a quarterback. Um, who knows what's going on in Philadelphia right oh, yeah. now? Who knows what's going on in Washington right now? I've heard talk about Detroit maybe moving on from Matthew Stafford. Maybe Atlanta wants a successor and wants to, you know, restart. Again, who knows what's going on in Denver, Chicago. So all of these teams are currently sitting in the top 15, and I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season all of them are in the top 15. And I think we could see all five of those guys go in the top 15 I think that would be really really impressive. I think that that's totally possible and, and you're right you, you can't have this overview without mentioning that this is an absolute historic class we have Trevor Lawrence who is one of the greatest prospects ever. so I think Cus just broke out but like he was saying you know we could see five quarterbacks in the top 15 and we might even see Kyle Trask um, be a sixth quarterback taken in the first round yeah, it, it, it's a truly historic class, and, and I'm really excited to see how it plays out and to keep studying these prospects. So our, our next question is, uh, we, we had a question on if we prefer Ray Russo, the defensive end from Miami, or Quidi Pei, if I pronounce that correctly, the defensive end from Michigan. And I think that's a really interesting debate. So what's your take on it in, in, in your early uh, stage of scouting them, uh, Alex? So I'll just start off talking about each of them first. Um, I think Rousseau, um, he's got great length at six seven and great frame. Um, he's a little a little light from what I would like to see, um, weighing out around like two fifty. Um, but obviously he's six seven. He has a lot of potential to put on a lot of muscle. Um, I I kind of wrote down that he's kind of like a spring coming off the line of scrimmage. He's got great explosion. Um, but he's very raw. Um, he this is his second year um, at defensive end. He 
in high school, he played safety and wide receiver. Um, so he has a lot to still learn, but I think the potential is really high. Um, and then Quiddy Pay, um, he's, he's um, different than Rousseau, I would say. Um, at 6'4", 270, he's, he's a lot more compact. Um, um, Rousseau is more of really good at, at a, as a pass rusher and not as good in the run game. And Pay is much better in the run game. And I think he's improved this year as of last year um, in the pass rush game as well. Um, and I think my favorite thing about Pay is his motor is great. I see him almost every play playing hard, extremely hard to the whistle, always looking to hit somebody. Um, and he, he has a decent um, arsenal of pass rush moves. So I don't know what you want to add to both of those players or if you have any, any different opinions. I think, I think for me, uh, I just, I, I, I love pay. And I think he, I think he is for me, a, a, a very clear, better prospect than Gregory Rousseau. And that does not mean that I dislike Gregory Rousseau. I think that Rousseau has sky high potential. I just think he, he's, he's not as far along in his development as pay. I think that Rousseau needs to fill out his, his uh, and add muscle in order to, to, to dominate on the edge in the NFL, while Pay is already more of a dense uh, frame and, and, and doesn't have that issue. And again, uh, Rousseau is, is somebody who really relies on his athletic traits, sometimes too much, while I think that Pay this year really stepped up his, his, his pass rush game, as you, as you mentioned, and, and added a, a variety of moves and really put it all together. So I think, and I, it really almost comes down to Russo's decision to opt out versus Pay's decision to bank on himself and, and improve his game because Russo, if he, if he had, if he had uh, played this season and, and showed that he developed a, a better pass rush plan with more moves and he had put on more muscle, I think Russo would be ahead of Pay. But as of right now, given the, the efficiency that we've seen uh, from Pay in, as a pass rusher, I, I think he's better than Russo because if you think like, Pay was, we already knew he was an athletic freak. The fact that he moves that well, uh, with, despite his size and how dense he is, is, is so impressive. And Russo is also very good athletically, but Pay showed this year that that he's 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 really a refined pass rusher at this point. And and Russo with with his opt out is yet to show that. So that that's just my take on it. I might uh, think they're closer together as we go through the pre-draft process and we see more of Gregory Rousseau, even if it's not in a live game. But as of right now, I do think Pay is a much better prospect for those reasons. Yeah, I think the combine will be huge for Rousseau, seeing um, how much muscle he put on, what he weighs in at, um, and how he performs in those positional drills with assuming, assumingly added weight. Um, Honestly, with his frame, I think he could easily get up to 275, 280 because um, he, he does – he looks thin. Yes. And it's hard to say about somebody that weighs 250 pounds, but <laughs> he's got so much potential to add to that frame. And I think his ceiling is insanely high, but I also think, you know, his, his floor is much lower than Pay's because, you know, what if he puts on that weight and he loses a lot of athleticism? So I think there's a lot of question marks. Um Obviously, I don't want to um, talk about people's decisions to opt out, but I think that 
hurts him a little bit in this conversation. And I probably have pay slightly ahead, but we'll see as the pre-draft, pre, pre-draft process um, moves forward. We can move on to the next question. Um, and this is the, the, a question about the best linebackers um, up in the upcoming draft. So you want to start off on that one? Yeah. I, I, first of all, I, I don't think this is a draft uh, where, you, where you can really find a, a handful of traditional linebackers. It's, it's a lot of interesting profiles. And, and really, there's only one star in it. And that's Micah Parsons, and and he is that. He is a star. Uh, I absolutely love Parsons with with the tape I've already watched of him. Uh, I think that he he has a, a, a very rare speed and size combination. Normally, you don't have uh, linebackers in today's game that have that speed, but don't sacrifice size. And he really has size and speed. He also has really great instincts and aggressiveness, and and he's elite in all phases of the game. He can blitz. He can. He can stuff the run. He can drop back in coverage. There's nothing Parsons can't do. And I think in today's NFL game, he can step in and, and be, be an elite player. He did opt out, meaning that there could be a little bit more of a transition to the NFL because it will be uh, a long time uh, of no, of not playing competitive football. But he, he for me, is is going to be a pro baller and de- can, de- can definitely be an opera. I just love him. And do you have anything else to add about him? No, not really. Um... I love him as well. Um, as you know, I, I really enjoy um, scouting linebackers, especially um, Mike's. And, you know, he's, he's, he's great. He plays the position exactly um, as you want to see uh, someone play um, a linebacker. Um, the, one, the one thing I would say is sometimes um, he's almost too quick to yeah. um, make his decision. Um, I think – that will probably go away in the NFL because the NFL game is faster than the college game. I think sometimes he goes, fills a hole, and then the running back hasn't even decided where he's going to go yet. Um, But, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, that's really not something to really knock him for, for being able to read the offensive line better than the running back does. Um but, yeah, I don't want to repeat what you said. You know, I love him. I, I agree. I think he's going to be an all-pro. Um, the next linebacker that I want to talk about, um, I hope I pronounce this right, um, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Um, and he's a really interesting prospect. Um, he's definitely not a traditional linebacker. 6'2", right around the 215 range. Um so obviously he's undersized and he honestly, he plays um, more of what, like people like to call a, a Rover position. Um, you know, sometimes linebacker, we move him. If we need an extra DB instead of pulling out a linebacker, we'll just put him there. Um, and it's, I, I love his, his skill set. Um, he's very quick. He's got really good instincts and he's always looking to hit somebody, but I just, I just, find it a little bit hard to see where he's going to fit in. You're going to need a creative defensive mind to be able to, for him to reach his full potential. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's why he's going to be a, he's going to be a difficult evaluation for us because a lot of his uh, success in the NFL is not dependent 
on 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 anything that we can control is it's going to be dependent on on what a defensive coordinator does with him because if you look at him he he has uh, extremely good speed really elite speed maybe if, i think he might clock in at a 44 he's 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 everywhere he has great instincts and a hyper aggressive mentality so it's really just a great combination of traits that that equates to a playmaker as we as we've seen him but as you said uh he he's kind of a tweener he might he might have to put on weight to be a linebacker, but then will he, that sacrifice some of his movement, movement skills? He could be a hybrid safety slash linebacker, but again, some defensive coordinators may not be creative enough to, to put him in that role. He could have some uh, some snaps at, as, as a big nickel, which he, which he has had at Notre Dame. But so really, he's an intriguing profile, and I, I, I just hope that, that he'll be used in the right way in the NFL so he can realize his potential. And the next uh, linebacker I want to talk about is Dylan Moses, who we, a lot of people know the story. If, if you don't, he was he got his offer from Alabama at 15 years old and has, has been a, an athletic freak for years. He was sidelined all of last year with, with, a, with a serious knee injury and, and, and has had mixed results coming back this year. So what have you seen from him? Um, well, I, I really struggled with – um, starting this evaluation because you know I know he's a physical freak, but from the little tape that I I've watched so far, it's it's inconsistent. Um, and obviously you know he had the, he's coming back from injury a bad knee injury, um, so you know those inconsistencies could be a little bit nervous um, with his knee, which obviously I don't blame him for. Um, and but the. It's it's so hard because there's some plays where he, he just pops off the screen, and then there's other plays where it's like, you know, what what happened to him? Um, and one thing that kind of popped into my mind a little bit, and obviously I'm gonna have to do a lot more watching his film to be able to figure this out. But something that I really thought of was he might need to be like told what to do. Not like on the field, but, you know, sitting in the film room and somebody says, okay, um, if, if you see the offense do this, you do this. If you see the offense do this, you do this. And when that happens for him, to me, it feels like those are the plays where he pops off the screen. Because sometimes I feel like he doesn't really know where to go. Sometimes I feel like he's a little bit frozen in the linebacker position. So I don't – I could be wrong. Um, I want to do a lot more watching his tape before I, you know, come out and say that officially. But that just ran through my mind um, as I was watching some. Of the yeah, stuff. the way I saw it was I, he looks fully recovered athletically from his injury, but I don't think he's fully recovered mentally. I, I think he, he's, he's been playing a step slow since his injury, and that's what's going to make him a really difficult projection is because the, the, I, I watch him and I see him struggling against misdirection where he, where he bites on them or he, uh, on play action or he, get, or he, he gets uh, leered in by, uh, by mesh fakes and RPOs trick him up too. So a lot of, a lot of what, what's going to be even more complex at the next level, he's kind of struggling to process mentally, and that's affecting his play. He does still have an elite athletic profile, and he has just has such rare sideline to sideline athleticism. So I do think he lands in the first round, but he's going to be really difficult to evaluate given given how uh, he he's been struggling on, on the mental aspect since his injury. And uh, the next linebacker I'd like to look at, who also has a has a good shot of being going in the first round, is uh, 
Joseph Osai, I believe is maybe how you pronounce it, from uh, Texas. Yeah, so with Osai, um, he's a lot. He's a lot bigger. He's 6'4", 250. So, you know, he fits that outside linebacker, um, like pass rushing outside linebacker uh, pretty well. Um, you know, I, I think he's pretty quick off the line. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a good pass rusher, but I think sometimes I see him struggling versus the run. Um, again, it's really early into the, into scouting him for me. So I don't want to get too much in depth. Um, I was only able to watch, um, two game tapes. So what do you, what do you think about? Uh, I I think that he, he's, he's a, he's a really intriguing player because he, he's very athletic. He has terrific size and speed and he he makes plays up the field and space and pursuit. And this year we, we saw him uh, get moved to to the Jack position, which is uh, like a hybrid defensive end linebacker. And uh, so that kind of makes his projection projection a little difficult because uh, I'm not sure he can survive on the edge in, in the NFL, but he's not really an off-ball linebacker. So I think he, he's not very scheme versatile, which will limit uh, the number of teams that, 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 could, that could really invest in him. I think he'll, he'll land as a 3-4 as a outside linebacker. But what, I, what popped off the screen for me was he has, he is, he has contagious, relentless effort. He, he's a ferocious defender, and that, that's, that's really what, what, what I love to see from, from, a, from a player. He just has great motor, and I think that there are definitely the, the tools to be molded he 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 is a he might be a little bit raw even with with his breakout year now, but I, I think he if used correctly he could he could be a good value pick. And uh, the last uh, linebacker I wanted to touch on was Zaven Collins. I know neither of us have done much homework, but I figured we should we should mention him because uh, Dane Brugler just said uh, who is he's a reliable reporter uh, from the Athletic said that he's getting first round grades across the the league. And so he's a linebacker from Tulsa, and he, he has a he has a nice uh, combination of, of traits and and production with it with his breakout year. So he's built like an old school linebacker, but he moves with very fluid athleticism. So he he's another linebacker that could fall in the first round. So to, to recap, it's really it's Parsons at the top as a star, and then and then this this other group of guys that all have that are all very different from each other, and and really are not traditional linebackers in that in the sense that that we think of. So uh, if, if you want to move on to our next question, you can do that. So this was probably the most interesting question um, that we got. Um, the question was, does Kadarius Tony have enough speed to make an impact in the NFL? Um, and I hadn't really heard his name too much. Um, I'm going to be honest. The short answer to that question is yes. Um, he's, he's very, very explosive. Um, but to get into what I saw – more on tape about him um, is he he doesn't really have a true um, position. Uh, he's listed as a wide receiver, but um, he came to Florida as a running back, and I'm pretty sure that he played quarterback in high school. Um, but the thing that I really like to see from him was he shows great effort all the time. Um, he's a little bit, um, on the smaller side, he's 5'11", 194, but I'll, I'll see him show great effort in trying to block, um, corners and even some linebackers. So even if he's not always successful, you know, some of those linebackers have 
40, 50 pounds on him, he's, he's, the effort's there. Um, but I think his biggest, his biggest attribute is he's extremely fast, extremely elusive, extremely shifty. And, you know, ever since the breakout of Tyreek Hill, um, teams have been looking for players that are like that, that are just great in space. Um, so, yeah, I do think that he will have an impact at the next level. Yeah, I, I think that he, he's he's a, he's an interesting case because he really did lack production his his first three years. But given that he he came from a from a different position uh, and that there was stiff competition, I think that that's explainable. And this year he he's broken out and he, and he he is showing that he's very dangerous in space, very fast, very explosive. He he eludes defenders consistently, and I think it's 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 really a question of whether or not this is this is his breakout, or whether or not this is just a small sample size that leads to him not really being able to replicate it at the next level. So I, I, he's going to be he, he's he's not a very easy prospect to to evaluate, um, especially because he he does have kind of a maxed out frame. He's not he's not long. He's not big. So will he be able to get open against NFL cornerbacks and will a team really give have, take the effort to give him the ball in space, considering that he's not going to be a, a first round pick like some other players that, that we've seen uh, thrive in space. Uh, and so that, that's just really, that was what I took away from him. And uh, our last question is, uh, what do you think of Jerry Judy? It's pretty broad, but if if you want to talk a little bit about what you saw from him coming out and uh, how he's uh, confirmed or, disappointed in that regard this season you can go ahead yeah so um you know I both of us were high on him coming out I had him as my my second wide receiver just behind uh CD Lamb and I know you had him um as your first and I think what we both saw from Judy was his amazing route running um and he was he was good with the ball um, in his hands, he wasn't like amazing with uh, yards after the catch, but he was he was really good um, in that respect. Um, and I think you know, to a lot of people, he he I mean, he was highly highly rated uh, coming into the NFL. And I think to a lot of people, he might have disappointed them. But I think you know, the thing to point out is, I mean, look at look at the quarterbacks that he's had thrown on the ball. He had Drew Locke. Drew Locke got hurt. Um, and just this last week, he had a practice squad wide receiver throwing him the ball or attempting to throw him the ball. So, you know, I, I think that you can't blame him with the, the talent he's had trying to get him the ball. Um, and I expect huge things from Judy um, starting in year two and even the end of this season. Yeah, I I, th- I had him as my uh, overall wide receiver one, just ahead of C.D. Lamb, and I had uh, Justin Jefferson as my as my third wide receiver. And I, I think that I I am not at all disappointed by by Judy's uh, rookie year because when I watch him, he is always getting open, and and because he has tremendous route running ability, he's he was the best route runner I've ever scouted. And uh, he's routine, routinely getting open, but he doesn't have a quarterback that that can recognize his route pattern. And and there's no quarterback in that in that QB room in Denver that has that anticipation 
to to get him the ball as he's breaking open. And if I think if he was in another situation, he would be a candidate for rookie of the year. Uh, I, I, as Justin Jefferson has impressed so much, but if you look at the situations that um, Judy and CeeDee Lamb have been placed in, they have been in dismal offenses with really bad quarterback situations this year. So I think from those two, uh, we can really expect a big second-year leaps, and it's just going to end up being a, a really good trio uh, from those three uh, out of this class. And so I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, but that, that, that's, how I, that's how I see it. I don't think that he's been any disappointment. I just expect big things to come. Yeah, I agree. I think once they – both him and Lamb, once they get a good QB uh, thrown on the ball, that they'll really show – why they were our top two receivers um, and nothing against Justin Jefferson. He, we had him highly ranked coming out too. Um, so that concludes it for our first question and answer uh, podcast. Um, just a reminder, the next time we do this to, we'll have a post on our Instagram stories to submit questions for the podcast. Um, and thanks to everyone who submitted questions and listened all the way through.